Chapter One of the History of Burke and Hare and of the Resurrectionist Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in September 2019. Chapter One Early Prohibition of Dissection, Shakespeare's Tomb the progress of anatomy curious incident in edinburgh an old broadside ballad on body snatching tumults in edinburgh and glasgow female burkers at the first blush one is apt to think that the resurrectionist movement culminating in scotland by the apprehension of burke and hare and the execution of the former is of a modern growth that this however is not the case is shown by a little investigation into the records of the past there are numerous instances in all civilized countries if not of active body snatching at least of prohibitions of it or anything akin the early christians put epitaphs on the tombs of deceased relatives calling the curses of heaven upon the sacrilegious hand that dared disturb the ashes of the dead pope boniface the eighth issued a bull condemning even the profane perforation of a skeleton and who knows but the well-known inscription on shakespeare's tomb written long before the great poet had become the object of a world's regard may have been dictated by a similar feeling Quote, good friend for jesus sake forbear to dig the dust enclosed here blessed be the man that spares these stones and cursed be he that moves my bones then again the desire expressed by the dying bruce that his heart should be cut from his body and taken to jerusalem by the faithful douglas called forth the malediction of pope benedict the twelfth mohammed also in the pages of the koran has forbidden dissection all these instances show a most pronounced antipathy to the mutilation of the human body after death and argue two things first that it was instinctive and not a trait in the character of any particular nation or type of civilization and second that unless a molesting cause existed there would have been no need for the prohibitions but the advancement of science was not to be bound down by this superstitious reverence for the dead and ultimately in the sixteenth century with the revival of learning the bodies of criminals and unclaimed paupers were granted to surgeons for dissection but then so sparingly that little progress in anatomy was made the ignorance of the functions of the human body was so great that the most haphazard methods of cure were adopted if a sick person recovered it was more by chance than science and if he died there is little doubt that death was hastened by the ignorance of his so-called medical attendant who clung tenaciously to the traditions of his profession be the result kill or cure the first indication of anything approaching body snatching in scotland is to be found in the fountain hall manuscript in the library of the faculty of advocates in edinburgh as the entry is of more than ordinary interest it may be quoted in extenso quote, six february sixteen seventy eight four egyptians gypsies of the name of shaw 
were this day hanged the father and three sons for a slaughter committed by them upon one of the Fas, another tribe of these vagabonds worse than the mendicants vivaldi mentioned in the code in a drunken squabble made by them in a rendezvous they had at romano with a design to unite their forces against the clans of browns and baleses that were come over from ireland to chase them back again that they might not share in their labours but in their ramble they discorded and committed the foresaid murder and sundry of them of both sides were apprehended therefore being thrown all unto unhole digged for them in the greyfriar churchyard with their clothes on the next morning the youngest of the three sons who was scarce sixteen his body was missed and found to be away some thought he being last thrown over the ladder the first cut down and in full vigour and no great heap of earth and lying uppermost and not so ready to smother the fermentation of the blood and heat of the bodies under him might cause him rebound and throw off the earth and recover ere the morning and steal away which if true he deserves his life though the magistrates or their bureau deserved a reprimand but others more probably thought his body was stolen away by some chirurgeon or his servant to make an anatomical dissection on which was criminal to take at their own hand since the magistrates would not have refused it and i hear the chirurgeons affirm the town of edinburgh is obliged to give them a malefactor's body once a year for that effect and it's usual in paris leyden and other places to give them also some of them that dies in hospitals the obligation mentioned in this quotation as lying on the city of edinburgh was made under the charter granted by the town council to the surgeons in fifteen o five this grant of one body in the year would however be of little value and the inquiring spirit that was abroad gradually came to feel that the privilege was little better than none at all in the last decade of the seventeenth century strenuous efforts were being made to establish a school of anatomy in the city alexander montaith one of the most eminent physicians of the time made the following proposal to the town council Quote, we seek the liberty of opening the bodies of poor persons who die in paul's workhouse and have none to bury them and also agree to wait on these poor for nothing and bury them at our own charge which now the town does i do propose if this be granted to make better improvements in anatomy in a short time than have been made by leyden in thirty years montaith had studied at leyden the edinburgh faculty was alarmed at the proposal because they felt that if it were approved a privilege which they had hitherto enjoyed as a corporation would be given in a much more extended form to one of their number and they accordingly put forward an application in which they sought quote, the bodies of foundlings who die betwixt the time that they are weaned and their being put to schools and trades also the dead bodies of such as are dead-born which are exposed also suicides a violent death and have none to own them likewise the bodies of such as are put to death by sentence of the magistrates both applications were granted under condition however that the dissections were only to be made during the winter 
and that the intestines were to be buried within forty-eight hours after the body was obtained and the rest within ten days such restrictions were unworthy the enlightened policy the authorities were pursuing and through the very act by which they fed the spirit of inquiry they created an increased appetite for anatomical research which quickly went beyond foolish conditions and ultimately led many to adopt the practice of body snatching even yet the supply of bodies was unequal to the demand and the doctor's apprentices resorted to robbing greyfriars churchyard then the chief place of burial in the city their work was done very stealthily for no one except the most hardy would in that age venture near a churchyard after the gloaming the matter at last became known and the college of surgeons on the twentieth may seventeen eleven drew up a minute protesting against the practice saying that quote, of late there has been a violation of sepulchres in the greyfriars churchyard by some who most unchristianly has been stealing or at least attempting to carry away the bodies of the dead out of their graves end quote this discovery caused a terrible sensation in the city and it spread throughout scotland a broadside on the event was printed and hawked about the country as it marks an important step in the progress of the movement the quotation of such a lengthy document will be excused quote, an account of the most horrid and unchristian actions of the grave makers in edinburgh their raising and selling of the dead abhorred by turks and heathens found out in this present year seventeen eleven in the month of may dear friends and christians what shall i say behold the dawning of the latter day into this place most bright casts forth its rays the like was never seen by mortal eyes methinks i hear the latter trumpet sound when empty graves into this place is found of young and old which is most strange to me what kind of resurrection this may be i thought god had reserved this power alone unto himself till he erected his throne in the clouds with his attendants by that he may judge the world in equity but now i see the contraire in our land since men do raise the dead at their own hand and for to please their curiosities they them dissect and make anatomies such monsters of mankind was never known as in this place is daily to be shown who for to gain some worldly vanities are guilty of such immoralities the turks and pagans would amazed stand to see such crimes committed in the land as among christians is to be found especially in edinburgh doth abound there is a rank of persons in this place that strive to run with speed a wicked race they trample rudely on god's holy law and of his judgment they stand not in awe for those that are laid in their graves at rest this wicked crew they do their dust molest dead corpse out of their graves they steal at night because such actions do abhor the light the heathen nations for aught i read was never found for to molest the dead that were their kindred and among them born but we two nations all may be a scorn in that such crimes is perpetrated here as both the living and the dead do dear these monsters of mankind who made the graves to the carugians became hired slaves 
they raised the dead again out of the dust and sold to them to satisfy their lust as i am informed the Carugians did give forty shillings for each one they receive and they their flesh and bones asunder part which wounds their living friends unto the heart to think that any of their kindred born unto the nations should become a scorn for they their bones to other nations send as i am informed this is their very end how may now all nations us deride and call us poor since that we sell our dead some coin to get the living to maintain the like in any nation ne'er was seen the godly sow their dust on such cold ground as do our kirks and chapels compass round that they may get their dust in such a field so well refined that it to them may yield a crop most plentiful at the last day when they from dust must haste and come away but now their dust they take out of the ground so that nothing but empty graves is found i am very sorry that such things should be practised by folk professing piety and the religion should be wounded so by any who under a name do go but still i see profession is no grace as does appear into the present case but more especially at the last day when all the world shall be put in a fray when stars shall fall out of the firmament and sun and moon out of their orbs be rent and all this earth into a flame shall burn and elements like liquid metals run and all mankind before god's throne shall come that he may justice do unto each one then shall the separation be made between them that are good and that are bad the good received to everlasting glory, the bad cast down to hell for evermore all who to wrong the saints do still desire dead or alive shall have hell for their hire unless with speed they do repent of sin and do another course of life begin but i shall say no more upon this head hoping henceforth they will not raise the dead but suffer them to rest into their beds and won their bread by following other trades neither such a production as this nor the mild protest from the college of surgeons was likely to put a stop to a practice which was being found useful on the one side and a profitable on the other dr alexander monroe primus the great anatomist became demonstrator of anatomy in the university of edinburgh and his fame brought around him a large number of students these seem to have been making depredations on the churchyards in the city and neighbourhood and the college of surgeons again took action this time by ordering on the twenty fourth january seventeen twenty one the insertion of a clause in the indenture of apprentices binding them not to engage in the violation of graves four years later however in april seventeen twenty five the practice had grown to such an extent as to cause popular commotion the people rose in angry protest against the violation of the sepulchres of their dead and before the authorities could quell the disturbance the windows of dr monroe's anatomical establishment were destroyed while the inmates stood in imminent danger of their lives notwithstanding the extreme views the people of scotland held against the resurrectionists as the body snatchers were named their horrible trade continued to prosper and it received many recruits 
the surgeons even gradually dropped into the business perhaps not themselves engaging in it personally but at least sanctioning and approving of it by the purchase of the bodies offered them but besides these a class of men became resurrectionists as a matter of trade and no churchyard in the country was safe from their depredations the law was comparatively powerless or took refuge under the pretext of the necessity for subjects being procured but it took no steps to produce a remedy the people therefore took matters into their own hands and were not slow in punishing any one suspected of body snatching as the following story from the scots magazine for seventeen forty two will show on the ninth of march of that year the body of a man alexander baxter by name which had been interred in the west kirkyard of edinburgh was found in a house adjoining the shop of a surgeon named martin eccles in that city the popular indignation had been raised by the suspicion amounting almost to certainty that the churchyards were being desecrated and it needed very little to cause a tumult the portsburg drum was seized and beat through the cowgate the populace demolished the contents of eccles shop smashed the windows of the houses of other surgeons and it was with great difficulty that the authorities were able to quell the riot eccles and some of his apprentices were brought before the court charged with the offence of being accessory to the lifting of bodies but the charge was abandoned for want of proof later on the eighteenth of the same month the house of a gardener named peter richardson in inveresk was burned by the people on the suspicion that he had some hand in pilfering the village churchyard of its dead and on the twenty sixth a chairmaster and carrier were banished the city of edinburgh for being in possession of a street chair containing a body and the chair itself was burned by the public executioner under the order of the magistrates in the july following under the sentence of the high court of justiciary john samuel a gardener in grange gateside was publicly whipped through edinburgh for having been detected at the Potterrow port in the april preceding selling the corpse of a child which had been buried in pentland kirkyard a week before he was also banished from scotland for seven years in glasgow about the same period a riot of a serious nature occurred on the sixth of march seventeen forty nine according to the newcastle magazine a disturbance arose in the city on a suspicion in the minds of the citizens that the students in a college had been raising bodies from one of the city graveyards the windows of the university buildings in the high street were broken a large number of people sustained severe injury and had not the appearance of the military intimidated the mob the tumult might have assumed much more serious proportions but it is curious to notice in view of the main subject of this work the history of burke and hare that the crimes of which these men were guilty had a prototype in one committed in edinburgh between seventy and eighty years before they entered upon their murdering career in seventeen fifty two two women helen torrance and jean waldy were executed for the murder of a boy of eight or nine years of age they would appear to have been nurses and they promised to some doctor's apprentices that they would supply them with a subject proposing to do so by the abstraction of a body from a coffin when they were sitting at the death watch 
for it was then the custom and still is in some parts of the country never to leave a corpse in a room alone they were either unsuccessful in accomplishing this or were anxious speedily to redeem their promise and obtain their reward for they took even more reprehensible means to obtain a body they met the boy and his mother in the street and invited the woman into a neighboring house to drink with them she consented and while she was sipping her liquor one of them went out to look for the boy he was discovered leaning over a window and the woman carried him into her own house where she suffocated him among the bedclothes the mother afterwards searched for her son but could not find him meantime torrance and waldy took the corpse to the surgeon's rooms where they were offered two shillings for it the one who had carried it receiving sixpence additional they demurred at the lowness of the price but the students would only increase it by tenpence which was given them for a dram the facts of the case at length came to light and the women suffered on the scaffold for their barbarous crime End of chapter one